We're back to Whiskey Hill, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking emerging media, blockchain, e-games, and so much more. Without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athua Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. Progressive. With three brothers, okay. various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Damn, I had Anthony today. Oh, Anthony, man, uh, no. drop of the ball. I did. I, did. Ball. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out what song would match today's episode, and I got nothing. You came out with Golden Girls last week. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> you like no? One. I didn't think anyone was going to expect that one out of me. So that's, that's <laughs> no. what. Yeah, you're about right. No one expected that one out of you. I don't know. I got nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing. Ex- nothing. Nothing's expire- inspiring me this week uh, musically. Um, so I had nothing. No yeah. meatloaf song. I'll, he I just know, passed I, away he this just morning. Passed or something. Away? Yeah, I know. I know. I don't take a- Bob Saget. I don't take AG Nothing. as a meatloaf. Fan. Bob Saget of the Temple Grad. No, so yeah, no, 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 I don't have too many of his songs in my uh, playlist. Bill Cosby and and, and Bob Saget, huh? Uh, okay, okay, all right. Wait, Bob Saget's from Temple. Yeah, he went to Temple. Interesting. Right. Yeah, we got we got graduates. We got graduates. <laughs> okay, we got we got we got that Hall of Notes. Oh really? All the notes, yeah. Damn, Philly. Shane. Philly. Remember Shane? Yeah. Okay, yes. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, Temple. <laughs> yes. All Temple man. Listen, I can go down a list. All right, all right. Oh, it's not. I'm, yeah. Listen, hey, hey, focus. Welcome, focus. welcome to the Whiskey Hill, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're excited for another episode today. Uh, let me save these guys before they get canceled. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're excited for another episode today. But before we jump in, what's going on, fellas? What's new? Did anyone did anyone ride their Peloton today? Work. That's <laughs> <laughs> just you. Hey, I, all the clothes you have to iron are sitting on your laying on your Peloton, right? <laughs> no, I, I think we call we call it. We said we called it. You called it by you know on the yeah, stock side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I called it as like this. Anybody's gonna stay home, going to the gym. <laughs> right, right, right. But they're uh, the CEO. You guys, you guys are like you guys are like the puff daddies, puff daddies of stock market. You're like, hey man. I'm going to be over here like Suge. I'm like, if you don't want cats to tell you about stock trades and dance in your videos and tell you about it all the time, come over to my side. <laughs> I was kidding. Because I'd be dropping jams on this. I'll be honest. I'm kidding. No, you did call that one, man. Peloton. You're not kidding. I got the lie. I'll try to be nice on the podcast all of a sudden. A I'm not nice. we, we, put, we press stop. He'd be like, I told y'all. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no, good call. Peloton down yeah, in the dirt. Yeah, no, they had it. Hey, man. So, listen, man. It's, it's well. Listen, the Peloton was kind of the at home, the at home everything. Anything that was just purely at an at home play is catching up with everybody right now. Yeah. And Peloton yeah. at what was what was that bike cost? Twenty three hundred dollars? Uh, no, no, it was like sixteen. It was right? like sixteen hundred. It wasn't that expensive. Isn't there like a bike plus? There's well, a bike plus too, right? This, you got the Peloton Light? What'd you get? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come with bike. It doesn't come with a handlebars. <laughs> I'll work on your legs. core. No, no, no. I think it. I think it's around eighteen hundred dollars because I don't know if you guys remember. Probably about four to five months ago, they reduced it by four hundred dollars, trying to make some sales and trying to spur movement. Uh, but that sh- that shit didn't work. But right. yeah, so that's uh. Yeah, but you got it early, right? Yeah, yeah, we got it early. Yeah, man, nobody, sure. I go to the gym, man. People, people, people don't want to work out at home most of the time. Even yeah. if you have a big family, you just like, I, I, I want to go yeah. get out the house. Yeah. In the gym. Unless, 
But listen, unless you're like, you know, you're rich and you got a house and you got your own guest house gym wing, then that's different. You, <laughs> you got know? the East Wing like Clyde. You got, you got the East Wing. That's why he does it. Like he got the Peloton, Look. the Nordic track, the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he sits on the other side of the Tesla. Yeah, and, he's got the tent, <laughs> tent out back where he's like the rock with all his, uh, his, his personalized equipment. You know, we can't all be like that. So here's the thing. I look at it this way. I could afford it, but I'm South Asian. So I got stairs. We bought an elliptical trainer, a pretty high end one. And and then I got weights. And so if I'm doing a workout here, that's what I'm doing. Because I actually, I'm not a big bike dude. I don't like, that's not, I like elliptical if I'm going to do any cardio and then hit training. And I go nuts on that shit. Yeah, I know, yeah. Cla- uh, Anthony, you do too. Yeah, I, I was until I love know, it. Until this injury. Yeah. <laughs> injury making my shirts tighter. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So no, anyway. so no, nothing else going on. The NBA season is in full swing. Uh, Russ Westbrook is oh. getting Russ 49ers Westbrook is getting benched. 49ers are doing their thing. Congratulations, AG. Rooting for you. Rooting for you tomorrow. Uh-oh. Guess who they're playing? Uh-oh. The Packers of Green Bay. Oh, <laughs> I hope he goes in there. Pretty Jimmy's in there. Got to come through. And then Playboy Jimmy's, Jimmy. I call and then, him. And then, okay. and then the, market is, the market is looking like it's going towards a correction. I think as of today is down almost 12, 13% from the all time, uh, highs. So, you know, we, we, we're, we're getting back to normal. It seems like, uh, uh, things are <laughs> <laughs> when there's blood in the water <laughs> I, I, loading up. I'm, t- I'm selling my kids clothes right now. I'm like, I need some more extra money. <laughs> <laughs> they really need to go. Right. Right. Bitcoin is down back in the thirties. So, you know, life is life. Everything's on sale. Netflix is on sale. Bitcoin is on sale. So, you know, we're not uh, registered advisors, but, you know, now, now is the time. Not, not here. Uh, so. But, but I'm playing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but if you need some advice, just listen. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, pull out, pull out the nuggets in between yeah, the words. There you, right, go, there you yeah. go. But uh, so, yeah, so we're, uh, we're excited about this episode uh, before we jump in. Um, I don't think we're going to have a whiskey of the day. I think we're just going to, Run with it. Um, you know, we're going to be sipping on some of our personal favorites. And um, and as we dive into this episode, you'll probably hear us talk about some different drinks and spirits that are near and dear to our, our hearts and uh, specific reasons why. But, you know, I think it's going to be a good episode and one we're going to ri- dive right into. And, you know, one of the things I want to start off with is kind of think about past generations, right? One quote that I, I once heard was, each generation imagines itself to be more intelligent than the one that went before it and wiser than the one that comes after it, which is a, a, a great saying because it just talks about how, you know, you get wiser, you're smarter, you're older, you learn a lot and, you know, you think you're going to be better and live forever. And it's one of those things where, you know, our, the greatest generation on earth from a wealth perspective is are the boomers, which is essentially our parents' generation. Uh, they're the wealthiest generation. They've they follow. I'd like to say the Buffett esque uh, model. You know, buy, hold consistently, be tried and true to what you know what's going on. Steady discipline, just in life and in saving and investments and diversifying across the board. So that's kind of that Buffett esque Warren Buffett, of course, Buffett esque kind of uh, approach. And I think the Boomer generation has definitely been one where. They've taken that and run with it. And that's why they're considered the, the wealthy generation because they were coming off the war. It was baby boomers. And, you know, life is life was just everything was going on at the time. And, you know, for us, we look back at our parents who are part of this parent, um, this boomer generation. And I think each of us 
we have various nuggets that we've gained from them, whether it's personal, financial, uh, life, learning wrongs and rights, and et cetera. And we wanted to spend some time in the Whiskey Hue manner, just kind of talking about, you know, the what what some would consider the greatest generation and kind of a note to our parents who uh, who've built, who've grown, put us in positions to come on to the Whiskey Hue and talk about uh, business tech and culture and have the freedom and flexibility to uh, uh, have an insight. So, you know, this I think this is a good one because it adds perspective, talks about the lifestyle piece and, you know, we're going to dive right in. So, you know, I'll open up the floor to, to one of you guys. Uh, there's no easy way to begin this conversation, right? And Clyde teed us up. Great. Uh, we'll just jump in. So all three of us have had similar experiences, unfortunately, uh, that we'll share with you all. Um, mine was very recent. Uh, lost my dad unexpectedly two weeks before Christmas, just a month ago, a little over a month ago. And it, and it rocked me hard. Um, it was unexpected and I was crushed. Uh, he was relatively healthy. Um, he unfortunately got caught up in a series of small unforeseen events that culminated in this catastrophic outcome that could have been mitigated, but loss of life. Right. And then here we are. So a few minutes ago, he and my mom were visiting with my wife and kids. They're visiting us here. And we just had this incredible two weeks together. Um, just pure joy. And, you know, it, it's, it, it was it was it was beautiful. So we were sharing those experiences and we we did all that. So, you know, my dad and I shared this love of music. My entire family loves it. And one night while he was here, we played some music and it was a night I'll remember for the rest of my life. I said, Dad, let's play your favorite songs. Um, and he moved here in 65, right in the brunt of it. Uh, there was a lot of stuff happening in America at the time. And, you know, he I think he ended up in the Midwest before Rockford area. He was like Iowa before that and then Rolla, Missouri or something like that. Um, and, you know, we we just play music and all that kind of stuff. So my, you know, we'll get into a bunch of these different things. He was, a, he was an engineer back home in India, had to get, I think a second master's to be able to practice here. Uh, and then he did that for 10, 12 years, I think didn't like it, went back to get, I think a third master's and then to be able to teach as a professor, um, at some, in some local schools. And he was, um, and a big thing with him was philanthropy was huge for him. Right. Uh, so that was, you know, just a few credits short of a Ph.D. even. Uh, and he kept pushing off because he wanted to put the fan first because he, he actually told the stories. Hey, man, when I got that, when I had to get the third master's, I think I went back. We I had a kid. You weren't here yet. <laughs> Me. Uh, my older brother was here. And then like, you know, there's a little bit money in the bank account. And your mom was cool with it. And, you know, he took chances. Right. And I know all of our families have taken those kind of chances. I'll leave. We're going to jump back into all of this, like the philanthropy part. But like my dad always had this saying. Um, and you know, he's like, he was a big part of this group called Kiwanis saving the children of the world was a huge initiative of theirs. And I've taken over, you know, he did a lot for that group and he did a lot for Rockford, Illinois. So I'm from Northwest of Chicago. You know, everyone knows that story. So like, uh, from there, that's where we, I was born and raised and it's a town called Rockford, Illinois. And he was a, just a big figure in that town as we've, we always knew it, but what all came together, the words, the generosity from people. You guys as well, Anthony Clyde, you guys came through after everything happened, providing food for the family. Many others did, providing other things for us. And it was just un- a beautiful experience. One thing my dad did, he was, so I started handling his finances right now just to help him out, you know, my, my mom out, just to get everything in order. And I saw he's writing check after check after check to like children's foundations back, you know, in Rockford, Illinois. Um, in the Midwest and then back in India, he was funding school for some kids that he's never even met. Uh, so 
I love that. So we're going to carry that on. So one thing that did happen, then I'm going to give it back to you all. We'll jump into all this. But there was um, the mayor's office called while we were there. He actually called my wife because we were all kind of just splitting duties. And the alderman from that office called said, hey, you know what? Your dad was a professor of mine at one point and I grew up in a strict Catholic household but my dad taught at one point this world religions class he goes your dad's outlook on your dad's vantage point and all the things I learned in that class my interaction with him changed my outlook on life and made me more tolerant towards people that weren't wow. like me and he and he shook up on the phone with my, my wife and then he goes so here's one thing your dad gave back so much to this community um, the mayor and I and our office would like to dedicate a day moving forward to your dad. So they're doing that early March. It's like a, nice. I think they call it a proclamation. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then I'm going to set up, you know, so set up some sort of foundation around his name. Cause so we can, he was doing what he was doing. We're doing what like just to kind of grow it. Um, don't worry. I won't hit you all up, but uh, <laughs> you know, just some other folks just to continue what he was doing. Right. Um, and we'll get some great speakers in there. And I'll leave on one. I know I keep going, man. I'm sorry, but let me leave on no, one fine. nugget here. Um, you know, we he was a father figure for more than just my brother and I. Apparently, we found out like there were some people that came to us and said, "Look, man, they're older. They're in between my parents and my dad and our generation. So some of the 50s, 60s, 70s, some of them. And so they came to you and said, your parents, since I lost my parents, your dad and mom were like my parents. And they came to them for major life decisions, like when their mom was on her, their deathbed. What do we do? And my dad was that guy for them, apparently. And there's this guy that's, you know, this guy that was at the funeral was balling. And this guy owns probably 50% of the town, Rockford, Illinois, <laughs> owns like a huge bunch of hotels in back in India and all over the Midwest. He's, he's crushed it worth probably half a billion dollars. This guy was balling at the funeral. And, and it just because my, my dad stepped in for him. So my dad didn't have anywhere near that kind of loop. Uh, this guy had that, but this guy needed my dad for things. And, and so they would come back and forth for each other. And I'm going to hit him up as far as some guidance around what we could do. But let me, let me pass it back to you. But may I find this one saying, and this is, I'll say this, leave it here. I keep saying this. I'm sorry. Go for I'll give it, it to you. If he goes, if you live for others, you never die. Mm. That's what my dad said. Right. Thanks. So at the funeral, I remember in the link, we said, Hey, you know, in the obituary, we're like, Hey, don't, we don't need, any donations to the family, donate to Kiwanis Club, which he loved. And it was so – people, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars came in in checks in Kiwanis. So even after he's not here, he's still impacting the community, which I love. And it's beautiful. Let me pass to you, man. I've been going for a while. I'm sorry about that. But no, I just want to give my dad that. No, I think that's amazing. And one of the things that stood out to me about that story is the stuff you don't know about. Like we look at our parents as these like – disciplinary just old people that you know they make you do your work uh all kind of crazy stuff but then you pull back the curtain you learn about stuff later in life about what they've did what they've been doing since you've been gone i know i put a, a smile on your face especially at this age because you know you get to pull back, pull back the curtain and see the impact that they had so to hear that story is amazing because you know you don't get to hear that you don't get to see that and you know unfortunately this type of circumstances put you in that position but like you say, it lives forever, the impact on the world. And people will be speaking your dad's name for many decades to come because of the impact that they that he left on them. So, you know, I, I look at that and say, you know what? That's a life well lived. You all have some similar circumstances as well. Yeah, for me, I, I, I um, you know, unfortunately, you know, I didn't have the the time uh, 
to spend. My mom passed when I was 11, going on 12. So I had a very short period of time. Mm. And, you know, my dad ended up raising me as a single dad, which, you know, you don't hear a lot about. But uh, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to that. But, you know, my mom was an entrepreneur. She was someone who, you know, worked a day job, went to school to uh, start her own business and then, you know, end up starting her own business. And unfortunately, she passed earlier on in life. I think about I think she was about 35 uh, as, uh. As, as someone who's who's now in his 40s. I'm like, wow, that's that's so soon. Like you were just getting into yeah. the groove of your life. And you talk about the greatest generation. The thing that stood out to me was the hustle. Um, not only the, you know, wanting to make sure that your kids and family had everything that they needed, but the hustle was very important. And I, I think that goes back to that boomer generation where they're going to figure it out. They're going to work a job. My, I come from the Midwest, blue collar. Everyone I know was blue collar, uh, working in a, some type of factory owned by Ford General Motors or, uh, some other kind of, you know, muscle American made car. And, you know, everyone had that hustle. Uh, I always hear stories around how you graduate from high school on a Friday and you're working at a job in the factory on Monday. And, you know, that's the story of my my mom and my, my dad who, you know, made it happen. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, my mom left with me was that ability to just go out there and see a vision, make it happen and get it done. Um, you know, I think about when I hear about, you know, different friends, family members who's passed away and, you know, I just think back about time and the time that you had with that that person. And to hear that story about you and your dad and, you know, at least over the last two weeks and spending just to get to know him in a different capacity is something that I didn't have that ability to do. And one that I try to do with my dad today. Yeah. But, you know, I just look look at look at your situation and say, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you had that that moment to you know, talk about yeah. music, understand his musical taste and you know, those type of things. So I, I, I think this, the, the, this generation is amazing to me. They have that hustle mentality yeah. and not only the give, giving back, but, you know, just wanted to set our generation up to be more and more successful. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's coming true. Um, everything I hear about, you know, education wise, that was, that was the main thing. I think you mentioned this a couple episodes ago. It was like, go to school, learn, get your degree. Uh, you were supposed to be a doctor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. you failed us, kid. <laughs> like, forget that billion dollars you got. Uh, you're supposed to be a doctor, but you know, that, those are things. That's all they knew. Yeah, yeah. That, so you know, but kudos to your dad, though, Clyde. Because I mean, yeah. how many siblings do you have? I have two. Again, it's me and my brother. Me and my brother. So I mean, that's. Yeah. Inc- I mean, uh, look at us. You have you have three with your wife and you. Uh, and I have two with my wife and, and I'm I. barely making it. It's hard when she goes away for a weekend, man. <laughs> I'm like, dude, your dad did it since, you know, you got yeah. young. You were 11. I don't know if your brother. So that's uh, kudos to him, too, yeah. to carry on that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. tough, man. Definitely tough. And, you know, you got to make it. And one of the things that stood out to me, and you mentioned this as well with your dad, is get into a space where you can take risk. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think, the biggest lessons that I learned and it's probably like, you know, what not to do is not taking risks. I think my dad was in a situation where he wasn't able to take as many risks because he had that security of, you know, comfort of his, his world. He did, you know, do some entrepreneurial things, but probably not to the level that he probably liked to do. But, um, you know, I think my mom was going down that path, but yeah, taking risk is probably important. Calculated risk probably is more important. Uh, big one, another big lesson that I learned, you know, from my parents in that hustle generation. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the piggyback is I'm going to light it up a little like, <laughs> as much as you can. So my dad, my dad passed away. Jeez. Now it's uh, 2018. So wow. I was lucky enough to have him. My dad passed away when I think he was 75. Mm. So, you know, Still. my whole life, I pretty much, you know, had a man, you know, the, the, to your point, like a fool, like my dad, you know, I, you know, as, as you guys like to allude to at the beginning of every episode, I'm half black mom, born and raised in this country. Family goes, it goes all the way back to slavery. And then my dad's side, my grandfather came here undocumented in the early thirties. And that's when nice. no one cared about the Mexican border and people crossing over in the early thirties. So he, my, my, my parent, my grandparents met, moved to New Jersey and they just worked their ass off. Right. And my dad was a knucklehead. Just keep it real. Like he he kept he kept it real with us. He ran the streets in Newark with with the with the Italian mob and oh, <laughs> and, oh. and the saving grace was him getting drafted into the army mm-hmm. and that put him on a better path. You know, they eventually my parents met and you know having three kids kept him solid. Right, he you know he 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 had his six pack of Budweiser <laughs> air oh. day. Okay, air day. <laughs> And the one thing Love he it. recognized that his he got from his, you know, his dad to my grandfather who passed away before I met before I was born, was that education was going to get us to the next level. Mm. And my dad, like I said, was a knucklehead. He dropped out of high school, but he forced. He was he was big with my mom on my getting an education. So we didn't trust the public schools in Jersey. At the time, and, and where we grew up, and there we went, rich. we went to Catholic school. Rich, not that, no, not, not Catholic school. We were, rich. A, so, but you know, we we all three of us, my siblings, we all went through a different path. And my dad, my, me and my dad had a good relationship. You know, we 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 battled in my twenties because you know I thought I was a man, and he was like, "Now this is my house, homie." <laughs> so, but the one thing that you know, with every up and down that I went through, and I you know I went my own path. There was nothing. You know, like some to all of us, you know, our parents, you know, would say, hey, here's education. You guys make your own way. Right. It was pretty much for me. It was like he, you know, I was out there. If whatever path I wanted to go, go on, you know, it was up to me. And I was also by myself <laughs> at that point. It wasn't like I had family connects. But the one thing that always stood out um, years later, maybe about two or three years before my dad passed or, you know, when I was going through my hell, actually a year before my dad passed was that. It still hits me to the, to this day. Um, every once in a while, when things get tough, where you, he's just like, "Aunt, I know you. I've seen you your whole life, and I've seen the battles you went through, and you always find a way out on top." He was like, "I'm never worried about you, mm. right?" And and I look back at some of that is because, as a family, we've been through our ups and downs, and we've always stayed the course, right? We, you know. When things got tight, parents always figured it out. They sacrificed what, you know, sacrificed what they couldn't, you know, their needs just to make sure the three of us had what we wanted. But because of that and everything else, he was just like, you always find a way to make things happen. So I'm never worried about you. So when anything, like when I talk to you guys about, um, you know, in my process of building this app and I want to pull all my hair out, I got a lot of hair. 
<laughs> it's like it's I, I I sit back, pause for a second, think about what my dad says to me. Said to me. It's just about really figuring it out because he built that in us, right? Blue collar. My dad was fixing things. He all he he put into us like you learn how to fix things and come overcome, you know, overcome whatever odds. So mm. you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but no, you know, it's not like, good. that's that's the kind of thing that hits me still to this day. Um, but because he was a blue collar guy, actually back, back, you know, I actually know how to fix things around the house. So (laughs) there's a lot of things he left with, but we can go, I can go on for hours uh, talking about it, but you know, scoop this man up ladies, but, but but, (laughs) no more ladies, no more ladies, no more ladies. (laughs) But yeah, the the crazy part is we were talking before we started, like when I said it, I was like, my dad's drink. When I was able to drink, he took me to, when I turned 21, now, mind you, I've had a beer around the house, of course. But when I turned 21, he took me to a bar, one of his, as we call, his watering holes. That was, a, I guess, a term for the generation. <laughs> one of his little watering holes in, in, in Irvington. And he was like, hey, my son turned 21. And everybody started buying me drinks. Oh, they were buying me Budweiser. Oh, nice. <laughs> they were buying me Budweiser. I was like, I don't drink this nonsense. But, you know, that was my dad's thing. That was our thing. So mm. it, it's always been every so every once in a while with my dad on his uh, anniversary, his uh, passing, and my brother we crack open a you know a Budweiser. <laughs> I love that. And, and, That's and, dope. And, and then That's I crack dope. one open and leave it at his gravesite. Um, so it's just it's just something that's going to go on as long as I'm in the area. Always going to make that happen. Amazing. I love that. That's dope. That's dope. Man. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Kudos to you fellas for sharing. Uh, you know, I think it's important to reflect on the lessons that you've learned from your past generations because you know while we have all this great education i think there's nothing better than experience um learning what not to do or learning from someone else's mistakes or from their successes and and emulating those are key lessons in life that you know give you a competitive advantage um you talk about learning to fix things and i bet I bet you, AG, when you were learning that he was out there fixing things, you didn't connect the dots. You thought he was probably just literally fixing things. You probably, but yeah. you know, now that you're related to life, you like he knows how to go out here, take something, and fix it and get it done. So yeah. you know, you, you think about those lessons and those lessons that you'll pass on to your future generation. It, it's 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 the idea of to what you guys like in different ways, right? Way to roll your sleeves up and just get get the job done. Get it done, right? Man. And that's I love and it. that's and that's you know you like you say you you apply it you know you think it's just all about pulling out a wrench and a screwdriver and fix something around the house, but no, it's about actually pulling it away and getting the work done. Put your head down, get it done. You hear that? You, you hear yeah. you hear that same like you said, like you guys said, like you hear that from uh, these great entrepreneurs that we like to idolize, but you know your parents do the same thing. You just as you said, Clyde, like connect the dots. So. Yes, and it must have been hard for all our parents too, right? So they're teaching us lessons that they know will help us long term, but we don't see that. We're like, man, well, this I thought, you know, I literally thought, you know, and they're and they must have known that these things. A hey, short term, we're like, man, why do I gotta clean this? Why do I gotta do this? Why is this this responsibility? This task? I thought I literally thought when I was young, same as you, AJ, what you just said. I thought my dad was here in my life and when I was a teenager to make my life difficult. <laughs> right? I mean, he was like literally just giving me stuff to do like math problems to make me think critically, 
science stuff and just expose me stuff and then having to do stuff. But he must he knew the long term that would teach me like grit, tenacity to go after stuff. And he was telling me about his experiences. He dealt with a lot of racism mm-hmm. uh, and just telling me about those experiences. But he knew that that wasn't connecting me right away. So it must have been hard for them our parents to sit there and teach us lesson they know will help us long-term, but short-term, we're not going to see the value in it, right? So they might be pushing us away, even though they're trying to really draw us close and help us long-term. So that's kudos to these, yeah, these bad, like, I don't know. So the first time I ever saw my dad cry when it was his, his father passed mm-hmm. away um, and, and his dad made it to 86. Wow. And first time I, my kids ever saw me cry was my dad passed mm-hmm. away and they couldn't understand it. And, um, you know, teams I'm a fan of, right? I cry all the time. <laughs> I cry a lot. Eternally. Yeah. Eternally. Uh, <laughs> hold it in, man. Hold it in. No, but you know, so That's like, hilarious. It, but it's cool, man. You got to let it happen. Right. Um, and it's it just, it's what he taught us, you know, and our, our, all our parents taught us these things like, Hey, and I'm trying to do this and I'm sure, and I know we've talked about it. Hey, get smarter every day. And pay it forward because somebody needs it, whatever it is, more than you. Mm. So we've been trying to, we've been incorporating that to a big scale and then do something you love. So I knew I was like, I talked to you guys, like, you know, you guys are texting a lot and I couldn't talk to anyone that first week. I was crushed. Right. Yeah. But I knew at some point, like I got to learn. So I was reading and, and listen, listening to books. I'll be honest. I don't read. I listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for me. Um, <laughs> I listen to books and, uh, and then I was, I was doing that. And I was trying to figure out ways we could set up other things after vehicles to help others. And then um, and I was cracking jokes with you guys and other people because that just got me back to my place of normal. Uh, so, and, I, and I needed that. So but you know, you probably like, man, it's cracking some weird jokes right now. But I had to because it's my normal. Dude, I, I, let me tell you something. I, I completely get that because I think that happened to me in like 2018, 2019. I was just like, yeah, joking around. All good. Deep down aside, you're falling apart. <laughs> you're like I, I need these jokes i need to joke yeah. around but you know like uh, that's the thing like to your point about your seeing your dad cry like for me i remember seeing my dad cry when my uncle passed away back when i was mm. in college that tore me up right i don't know something about seeing your parents cry or say like that's that's the worst thing in the world for me you know like yeah. I, you know my mom would see my mom cry my dad cry like, you know like this those things tear you up but you know it's a good thing also to show emotion. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it sounds like we all came from like some hard ass. Like my dad was hard on us. <laughs> so my, growing my, up, my, my, he softened though when the kid grandkids came out. Like, who, who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he was so. I'm like, I never saw that dude. Like he was always smiling. Like, where was this guy? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, when I need the. <laughs> he, he got you. He's done with. He, he got you. He's ra- he got you raised, and he's like, ah, my responsibility is over. I'm here to be the nice guy. <laughs> right? the grandkids, man, the grandkids. That's what softens them. I'm Clyde. I don't know if you saw that too. Yeah. Uh, it softens them big time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in the case. And then as as we think about this, I know you, uh, Thor, you want to talk about philanthropy a little bit. Um, you say you're going to come back to that. What what kind of gems from a philanthropy perspective? Did you kind of take away uh, from your dad? Look, man, there's this one thing like you people need things in the world. Like I think he would. The reason he always wanted to help children, which is near and dear to him, because he came from not much, right? As did many of his peers, and a lot of our families may be in the same situation. And he left. A lot of them owned grocery stores and, and convenience stores, which had done well for them back home. Right. And but they were like they were, you know, they were. I guess you could consider that blue collar because not a lot of them got educated who stayed back. 
he was the first gen of his gen, you know, he was the first to leave. He was the eldest remaining. Now everyone, now we have family members in New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. uh, Canada, um, for a short time in South Korea and Europe for a while too. All these things like pay it forward because you, you, you had to sponsor some people. He didn't sponsor all those folks, but he sponsored some people to get their next step. And then some of their off their kin was able to then sponsor others to then move other places in the world because they knew it might set up a better life. Granted, there was a ton of money with some families in India. We just weren't one of those families, right? <laughs> There's a ton of rich people in India too. We just weren't one of them. Um, but that's all good. But he's like, he when he's saying, oh, I made it and I can do this for others. And he kept paying it forward. So if that's a duty that's kind of instilled in a lot of us. Um, so that's one thing. That's a big thing. Um, how about you? How about you all? So for well, me- well, so it's funny. I'll oh, go for it. Clark. Go, go ahead. No, you got it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say philanthropy wasn't big in my house. Right. I'm not going to lie. Like we, you know, we grew up in the church, <laughs> you know, had to give our tithes and all that. Uh, <laughs> but then we stopped going to church. But, you know, you know, we would donate here and there, but it wasn't like ever, it was like donating clothes. Like it wasn't like, Hey, we had a cause that we did, but that's huge. Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what happened for me, it was like looking at what was near and dear to my family and how that translated to me. Now it was like, because my dad actually liked the army. Why? No idea. Whatever. He wanted me to join the military. You know, I got to taste a little blue collar job in high school. And I was like, nope, going to college. <laughs> I was like, none of this nonsense. Uh, but my brother joined. He joined He joined the army after he graduated from, from college. Uh, so we got two people in the army. My brother, my brother enjoyed it. He just didn't want to go back to Iraq, army, Afghanistan. So mm-hmm. he, it's near and dear to my heart to, mil- you know, veterans, Right. So I, I do I do my donations with different um, f- foundations dedicated towards veterans, you know, not just like the wound, wounded warrior project, but like, you know, the Bob Wood, Woodworth, Woodruff, Woodruff, I can't pronounce it right now, foundation. And, it, and it's because, you know, my brother is lucky because he had uh, our family. Right. You know, to help him out. And he, he didn't see, you know, he, he saw his combat, you know, because he because he had a degree. He, he was in a different format, different level of the military. But I've seen other veterans come home and just can't get reacclimated to society. And I, I don't I'm not a fan of how we treat our veterans here in this country. Um, so, you know, I do what I can to kind of help out, whether it's via time or 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 money. Um, so that's where near and dear to my, and also my high school alma mater, they get my money to get a reoccurring donation out of my bank, my bank account. My college ain't getting nothing because, <laughs> because the black population dwindled at the school and I'm not happy about it. So mm. every time they talk to me about donating, I'm like, well, our basketball team's not good anymore <laughs> and the black population dwindled. So. I mean, you started with Bill Cosby, you went to Bob Saget. So I see the color transition. <laughs> I get it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no both Jerry. greats in their own rights. <laughs> just going to edit that part out. We'll that out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 a, that's the most of my side. But yeah, yeah. So so for me, yeah, I, let's let Clyde jump in. I'll talk about some later. Yeah. yeah no, I was just going to say, like like you mentioned, Anthony. Um, because it was such a young age when I passed away, I don't think I got a chance to see philanthropy kind of discussion in my household. Plus we were blue collars and we were the philanthropy. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, <laughs> but but one of the things one of the, I like that one. <laughs> one of the things I will say is uh, uh, probably probably the biggest thing I learned is you know how to treat people, how to work work, work with others was less than that. You know, I think my mom really insisted and had uh, great values around having the ability to have a, a core group of friends who still to this day speak highly. Um, are some of the things that resonate mm-hmm. with me and why I try to build, you know, friendships and bonds and, and, uh, just be a good person is, is kind of what I walked away with. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, the thing that stood out to me. I'll mention a couple of things. Are you, are no, you still ahead. on? Sorry, I'm sorry. Let me cut you off. I'll mention a couple of things. So this is this Kiwanis Club. It's, you know, it, the motto is save the children. Or something, they're saving the children of the world. So they do a bunch of things. They, did, they used to do a pancake day. You know, everyone comes, pays for tickets, and they donate all the proceeds. They used to do this thing called Bratwurst Days. I grew up doing this. I was a dude that, because I was fast back then. Hey, we're going to grill them in the back. You run them up to the front where we sell them to the concessions. So that was my gig. So the beauty of it, we didn't know what was going to happen this year. This summer was the first summer my sons were able to do what I did when I was a kid. So we did it. My mom and dad were there uh, and us four. And it was a beautiful experience. And we did that. So the, and my, my, then my son was like, oh, but can we still do that? Because uh, he was, they made, like, there's a guy that was older. He was like 20, took a liking to my son and like took him under his wing. When he's, he made, he goes, this, our Sean's our manager. Avon is our manager. And he would, t- all the people that would come, he'd make him like, you know, make him out to be big, big him up a little bit. So now he wants to go do that. I'm like, cool. Cause you know, you're, my dad will appreciate that. One thing we talked about six months ago in the summer when I saw him. And then when he came here a couple months after, so I've already been doing this and he and I were going to ramp this up huge. And this is going to sound weird coming from a male, but um, th- this education and parity thing that we've always seen in the gender space, right? Um, and, and in emerging economies, you'll see a lot of females when they get to an, in rural communities, um, when they get to the age of menstruation, uh, they stop going to school because there aren't proper bathroom facilities at the school. Mm. So my dad had already started building bathrooms there, funding them to build them there. Uh, and then... I was doing a lot of that and he and I were talking about, let's do this. Let's make this a turnkey solution and make it big. Cause you get gender. If you get education in parity, then you get income in parity and then societal in parity. And it's just a never ending loop. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to close that loop. And he, he knew what ch- children meant a lot to him. Uh, and so that's one thing we were doing, uh, brought days, a whole bunch of stuff. So he was funding schools. He was setting up a couple, two other foundations with another friend. We're going to consolidate and see what we can, you know, bandwidth wise handle from um time perspective but those are the kind of things man and you know give back i'll say one may i say one thing that a friend of mine told me and it was cool because he and i were talking i think his dad was like 74 or 75 at the time and he and he said something that gave me pause he goes a few you know i was talking to this guy he goes my dad's 75 i see him my mom three four times a year right and let's assume they get 78 80 out of this life we don't know what they're gonna get he said maybe i only have Technically, 15, 20 more times to see my mom mm. and dad in this life. So make every time count. And, you know, and we all did, you know, we did that. And I, and I put pause in my life. Let me let me recalibrate. So we did all the regular family gatherings. We all do the holidays and all that. We're all getting together. But then my wife and I made, and made it a practice like five, six, seven years ago. Let's go in, have them come here two weeks where it's just us mm-hmm. six. And us go there when it's just us six. Because we get together these family gatherings. It's cool. We come together for the meals. But then the cousins go hang out. We're drinking over here. The grandkids are hanging out, playing downstairs. Yeah. The grandparents are hanging out, doing their thing. This way, my kids and my parents were able to bond 
And I love that. So if you can do that for your family, uh, do that. And I always, we always knew this day was going to come that, hey, unfortunately, we might lose one. So we started FaceTiming three, four times a week for like 45, 50 minutes each time. And it was just, you know, and it was, it was a lot. It was, we, were, we were busy. We fit it in. But you know what? I will never get that chance again with my dad. So I'm just happy we did yeah. that. So if you can incorporate any of that in your life, uh, please do. That'd be great. No, I think that's a great nugget, a great nugget. And, you know, one thing that uh, make pulls this all together, and I think it's, it's worth it. Like time is limited. So it's just how you spend your time and how you choose your choose to spend your time. We're all busy, but, you know, I commend you Phil, for doing that and setting that up. And it kind of makes me think because I have family in the Midwest that, you know, I'd love to see more, but two times a year, you just start to do that math. You might see him only 10 more times. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great nugget and one for us to, you know, think about. So, you know, this has been the Whiskey Hue. And before we get out of here, I do want to, you know, say thank you, fellas, for sharing. Um, I think it's very valuable. And uh, this segment has been good. I think it's been, you know, we are the Whiskey Hue. We talk about business, tech. And probably the most important piece of that is culture. And this is part of our culture. So uh, thanks for sharing, fellas. Um, before we get out of here, we still got to do shit you should know. Uh-oh. He thought I was going to forget. Yeah, shit you should know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't plan anything. Of course, uh, of course you didn't. Let me always got stuff usually. <laughs> let me scroll up to this. Sorry, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, who, uh, well, when do you two go since you guys got something? <laughs> Clyde, you, why don't you go ahead, man? Uh, yeah, so I'll go uh, lighten the mood up a little bit. But there's a new uh, series coming on uh, HBO that's going to be talking about the uh, Showtime Lakers from the 80s. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm excited to see that. Um, one thing that stood out to me um, was... Magic Johnson is not involved. It's called Winning Time. Magic Johnson is not involved. That doesn't make sense. He's not involved. He doesn't want to be involved. And he said, I'm not watching it. So in my mind, that means it's going to be good. <laughs> because they're, gonna, they're probably, <laughs> oh, they're, oh, okay. They're going to they're gonna dive deep. They're probably going to show behind the scenes and really show about those, those Lakers. So Winning Time is one that I recommend. And it's going to be coming out soon. Huh. That's that sounds dope, man. Like, Anthony, you ready? Oh my, no, I got nothing today. I think okay. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm gonna. I got like seven. All right. I'm just gonna uh, again. I'll give you that quote again. If you live for others, you never die. So that's what my dad always said. And then another one he used to say to me. He's like, "What brought you here was just a vehicle to get you here in this spot. Mm-hmm. Your greater purpose is to be here. Is the real reason you're here. So find that reason, and your impact will be tremendous. Right? I'm gonna. I got two more. Hold on. Hold on. All right. So my dad was a he used to write. He was a songwriter and wrote a lot of poetry big time. So he had a bunch that he was trying to publish for the last five years. Uh, And he had gotten close. Didn't do it because he procrastinated a little bit on that thing. So my wife and I, my wife found the book, like a bunch of them put together, like a book of poetry. And they're pretty dope. And it's not about um, they were selfless. They were worldly reflections. So, I mean, he was a poet forever. So he was like the original KRS one. <laughs> Step aside. I'm, like, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, but we're going to put that book out. He already had one of my aunts in India draw the cover for it. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and my cousins and my wife and I and my kids. We, we draw, we can draw, we do that. So we're going to put it. And he always wanted us to do that. Like he, 
one piece of poem on one side. He's got like 80 of these and then a piece of art on the other side reflecting that poem. So we're going to put that out. That might take a year, 18 months, because we got a lot of other things we got to tidy up mm-hmm. first. But that's something that's on my agenda. So I'm putting it on here on tape so then you can hold me accountable because I want to make sure I do that for him. Very nice. Uh, Very and nice. That, that's that's it. My, my, my dad was a hero to me, man. Um, it really. And I got to say that I'm glad we got through this. No, no. We didn't get in all in emotions like Drake, you know, like, well, you, know, you know, why you don't Drake and drive, don't Drake and drive. You know, baby. you listen to your ex-girlfriend's that's house, ironing clothes. That's because we, we didn't do this at <laughs> six, seven o'clock at night. This this might've gone south real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it, I, almost, I'm not I prof- almost got there when I was talking. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. The first time was like in, uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, I would have been, and that's why I couldn't, we couldn't do this last week, but we did the, let's just do the 2022. Right. But, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna say one thing. My dad, uh, he's a professor for 35, 40 years of his life. The last part portion of it. I just became one, Very nice. uh, an adjunct at Gabelli School of Business. So I carry a pen that's engraved with his name that was given to him as a gift. It was in my thing, and I touch it to my head every time before. I, they don't students didn't know that. And um, I'm going to carry a pendant of his every class from now on. Just move on. He's a, he's a hero, man. Wow, wow. So that's one to end on. And congratulations to kicking off your tenure as a professor. Uh, this has been the Whiskey Hill. Thanks for joining us. Peace.